Hello and welcome to the June 7th, 2009 edition of Take Him With You. This week, an interview with Dave and Jen, my friends from Texas, taking pictures and fighting discouragement. I think you're really going to enjoy this week's program. It's called Surviving Churchianity. I'm sure that um, we all have our opinions on what church is like. Well, let's talk about what it's like to live your life for God in and out of the church. This should be interesting. Stick around for Taking With You. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. After listening to Take Him With You, why don't you tune in to Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2. As well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! <laughs> well, it's time once again to find out what's happening at Rick's house on Take Him With You. Well, let's see. Lots of things have been going on in our house. It's never a dull moment around here. Like I say, with three teenagers in the house, you know, you never really have a moment of silence. That's for sure. I have actually resorted to every other Tuesday or so I, I kick my family out of the house so I can actually record quietly. I turn off all their computers because it sounds like a big jet engine in our in our family room because we have several computers on. And so it's like whoosh, all the fans going and everything. So I turn them all off systematically and then record so that you don't hear that in the background. And and just, you know, it, since I'm at home and everything, it's kind of funny because just about the time I start recording, the neighbor will start mowing his lawn or the, you know, summertime is going to be a challenge because uh, the kids will be playing outside of our house and it'll just be great. Neighbor kids like to play and out here and make a lot of noise. So, you know what? I don't really care as long as you don't care, as long as it doesn't distract you. I don't mind. Because uh, really, this is, I try to be as genuine as I possibly can so you kind of get a picture of what the Moyer's life is like. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, but it's fun. So I hope you enjoy taking with you. I hope you're liking the podcast. You know, we would, Amy and I would love to get some feedback. We, we get a few emails now and then, and, and we talk to some of our friends, but, um, for the most part, we have several hundred people listening every week, but we don't get a whole lot of feedback. We'd love it if you could let us know what you think about the podcast. Would you drop us a note on email? Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. We'd love to hear from you. It'd be so, so cool. It would really encourage us to keep on plugging forward. You know, this is a big experiment for us, and uh, we're trying to do this full-time and pay the bills and take care of everything. and. And encourage people every week. We're, our goal is to encourage thousands of people every week with our podcast and with our newsletter that we do. That's our goal. And we want to introduce um, our faith to many, many people all across the world uh, and talk about God and, and encourage people to live their life to its fullest. And 
That's our whole goal and our main thrust for taking with you is to encourage people and to help your life um, be all that it can be. That's what we want to do. So what's been going on around our house? Mm, let me see. I've been having fun. I, I called up my friend Mike. Mike is a, a friend of mine uh, for a long time. I've known him now. Uh, and he has a macro lens for my cool uh, camera that I have. Uh, my kids, I think it was last Father's Day, bought me uh, a really cool camera. And uh, it's the Canon Rebel XTI. And I just, I have so much fun with it. I have four gig memory card on it. And it's got a couple lenses. And I get to go and take all sorts of cool pictures. And you probably see them on our, the Take Him With You site. I've put some pictures up there. If you go to my Facebook, you'll see them there. And also MySpace. I have tons of stuff on MySpace, like 2,500 pictures or more. And that's at uh, myspace.com slash Moyer777. But anyway, I borrowed a macro lens from my friend Mike. And that's how I take all those amazing flower pictures and close-up of bugs and all this different stuff. I love taking macro pictures, and I've been doing that this last week. We've got this um, this rose bush in our yard called the Joseph Coat Rose, and it's it, you know what it, that's for? It's for Joseph in the Bible. Remember, um, the story goes that um, his father had a coat of many colors made for him. And he wore that coat. Of course, his brothers were jealous and everything. But uh, anyway, they named the Joseph Coat Rose after him because it has multiple colors. It's yellow and orange and red all mixed together in the rose, and it's very, very pretty. If you go to the uh, blog or to the uh, site, I'll show you pictures of the Joseph Coat Rose bush. It's all blooming out right now. It's beautiful. I'll take a picture of the entire bush and a couple close-ups, too. And uh, go take a look at that over at TakeHimWithYou.com. I love taking pictures. I challenge myself to take pictures that are unusual, that let people into a different world of uh, you know, stuff that you go past every day, but you never really look at the detail in it. That's what I love to capture when I'm taking pictures. You know, nowadays, uh, digital photography is so much easier than it was. I mean, you can go get a pretty decent little uh, point-and-shoot digital camera and make some very beautiful um photos now so i just encourage you get creative go out there and take pictures of the world around you or photo log your day one day and post it online it's just so fun to share our little part of the universe with so many people and i love doing that so i encourage you to do that as well what else has been going on at the moyer's house well i've been fighting discouragement have you ever had those seasons or weeks in your life that it's just discouraging things are tough you know, for me, it usually is how I'm feeling. And, you know, I've, I learned something really cool. I, I go to counseling uh, pretty much weekly. I have a wonderful counselor that really helps me through a lot of different uh, thoughts. I'm a very um, communicative person, obviously, since you listen to the podcast, you know. Uh, but I remember um, her sharing with me something very interesting. And she said, you know, feelings are neither good or bad. They're just feelings. Don't judge your feelings. Just how you deal with your feelings is really more important than how you judge them, if that makes sense. So, you know, I, this uh, past couple of weeks, I've been fighting discouragement, not because things are really bad. It's just sometimes you just get those feelings, you know, and you have to deal with them. So how do I battle discouragement? That's a good question. One of the things I do is I listen to some good Christian music because I that really uplifts my my heart. Mark, um, if you're listening, I need to email you back. Sent me this really cool video uh, via email or on a forum that I'm on at the Trex and Sci-Fi Forum. And it was a really cool praise and worship with Bob Fitz. Perfect. Exactly what I needed. It just really lifted my spirits. And it was just really, really cool. And that's really, you know, what it's about. Changing our atmosphere. When we're feeling down, we're feeling discouraged. The other thing I did is I called a friend and just talked, you know, and, and had a good visit with him. And that was good. And 
you know, the other thing that helps me to not be discouraged is to look around at people that need something more than I do and then go bless them. You know, I do whatever I need to do to go bless that person, you know, whether it's money or groceries or, or just serve, you know, loving them, kindness, a, a note, whatever. I try to do something that will encourage someone else. And, you know, when you encourage somebody else, the discouragement just kind of leaves your own life because you realize we're not here to be self-focused all the time. And that's what I get in trouble with sometimes. I just kind of look at my own life and, and I'll say, well, poor me. Pity parties are really attended poorly. <laughs> Unless, of course, you attend them yourself. And pity's not the the place to be living in. Victory is, you know, I mean, we have some really cool things about life. When we start counting our blessings, that's the other thing my counselors really help me with. Before I get out of bed in the morning, I try to count 10 things that I'm thankful for and blessed by God with. I saw that on Facebook the other day with my friend Debbie. Um, wrote this really cool thing about, um, or Julie, I think it was, wrote a really cool thing about uh, all the things that she was blessed with. And and uh, what a great attitude changer, isn't it? It really fights discouragement when you're feeling down to just acknowledge who God is. Don't judge your feelings, but just, um, you know, react and respond to them in a, in a way that you should. And then it's very, very helpful. Okay. Well, one last thing um, going on in our in our home. I bought a brand new little geeky thing. Um, I was so excited. Um, Acer came out, have these little things called netbooks. Are you familiar with those? I found a reconditioned one for under $200. And I, you know, I do a lot of my notes and studying for taking with you away from the home uh, because it's kind of noisy here. A lot of things are going on. We don't really have a an office per se uh, where I can close up and just kind of be quiet in. Uh, so I, I go out to, a, there's a local restaurant, Ocean Palace, that I go and sit at and have lunch every Monday. And then uh, usually I've, I've have been writing in notebooks and I'm such a gadget guy that I wanted to get something that would be really practical. Well, I found this really cool little computer. It runs the full windows XP. It's tiny. It's only two pounds. Um, it's got, um, you know, it doesn't have an optical drive on it. So you have to put it up on a network if you want to put software on it or download from the internet, but it has wireless in it. It's got a like an 8.9 inch screen, not very big, but it works great. The keyboard they actually made so that you can type on it fairly well. And uh, I think it's, it looks pretty cool. So I'm going to do a review of it on YouTube. So if you'll go to my YouTube channel um, after you listen to this and check it out, you can actually see the unit itself, and I can kind of go through some of the process of it. And uh, it's, it's a really cool thing. Very affordable. Under $200, and, you know, a family member can have a computer if you have a wireless network in your home. Uh, they can surf the Internet. They can... Um, they can do email. They can do you know some word processing. It's not real beefy or anything. I think it's got like one gig of RAM and uh, 160 megabyte hard drive, or I mean gigabyte hard drive. So it's got. I mean it's cool. It's nothing super fancy, but boy, is it awesome to have something tiny and compact like that. I did all my notes for the podcast that I'm doing right now on that. And then I emailed it to myself, and I'm sitting here reading them. So it's it's a pretty cool little deal, and all for uh, well, I've heard a, I've heard rumor that by Christmas time they'll be $150 to $200. You can buy these um, brand new, so that'll that should be very cool. I think it's going to revolutionize. I think Acer really has a corner on this market, and I think they they're going to revolutionize um, home computing because people will be able to take it with them, and that you know, hey, take him with you, cool. <laughs> And I've seen Verizon has some stuff out now and some other companies are doing it where they have an air card built in to the little tiny uh, computers as well. So I'll do a review on uh, YouTube. And my channel is youtube.com slash rickmoyer777. 
So it's YouTube slash Rick Moyer 777. I'll do a review. I'll probably get that all up and going so you can go check that out and tell me what you think. Should be very, very fun. Okay. I could say so much more about what's going on in our house, but I'll just save it for next week because we have a really cool interview today. Part one of an interview with my friends Jen and Dave all about surviving churchianity. I'll be back in a moment to uh, give you some words of wisdom on taking with you. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek Episode Analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com It's time once again for Words of Wisdom on Take Him With You. Today's reading is out of Hebrews chapter 10, starting with verse 19. It says, So friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain in God's presence is his body. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He'll always keep his word. Let's see how innovative we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurning each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. If we give up and turn our backs on what all we've learned, And all we've been given, all the truth we know, we repudiate Christ's sacrifice and are left on our own to face the judgment, and a mighty fierce judgment it will be. If the penalty for breaking the law of Moses is physical death, what do you think will happen if you turn on God's Son, spit on the sacrifice that that made you whole, and insult His most gracious Spirit? This is no light matter. God has warned us that He'll hold us into account and make us pay. He was quite explicit. Vengeance is mine. And I won't overlook a thing. And God will judge his people. Nobody's getting away with anything, believe me. Remember those early days after you first saw the light? Those were the hard times. Kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse. Some days it was you. Other days it was your friends. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile, knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. So don't now throw it all away. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing, but you need to stick it out, staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh no, we'll stay with it and survive, trusting all the way. We need to, as believers, be hooking up together and talking 
and worshiping uh, um, God, talking about him, worshiping him, uh, using our talents, our gifts to bless others and really uh, staying with what we know is right. And that's believing in God in our hearts. So very, very important. And we'll be talking more about that on the interview today. There's your words of wisdom. I hope you enjoyed them. And we'll be back in a moment with more taken with you. How cool is this podcast? That means that you excellent people who are listening to this cool podcast are even more cooler. How cool is that? So once you finish listening to this podcast, why don't you come over to our podcast and give us a go? We're called Waffle On. You can find us on iTunes. Simply type in Waffle On or go to our webpage and you'll find us at http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. We do TV. We talk about classic TV from 1960 to 1990. You'll find everything here from sci-fi to comedy, from drama to thriller. Come and check us out. We're called Waffle On. I wanted to take a couple of moments and just ask if you would be willing to help Amy and I continue to bring take him with you every single week to you uh, plus our midweek booster and uh, the newsletter and all that jazz uh, we need support and help to do that our experiment is seems to be working well we've um, had quite a few listeners we just got our stats back and had over 7,000 visitors to our website at takehimwithyou.com in the month of may which was fantastic and out of that uh, we had um, close to a thousand downloads of the programs, which is pretty exciting for us. Actually, a little bit more than that. And uh, uh, I can't remember how many gigs of information were downloaded, but quite a bit. And it's been progressively getting bigger since we started in February. Um, our listenership has gone up, and our the web, the web you know the website hits have gone up. We've been getting a lot more uh, people involved in uh, email and all that jazz, and so it's been great to see it grow. Um, we are, though, in need of some financial help for it, and uh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you or anything. I'm not trying to get rich off this. I'm just trying to pay our for our mortgage and our bills, you know, groceries and stuff. And we really don't require a huge amount because we're not really super in debt, except for one car and a and our house. Uh, other than that, we don't have a whole lot of debt, so it doesn't take a whole lot to to feed the Moyer family. Uh, but we really could use any help that you could give. If you'd like to sign up for the newsletter and you can pay $20 or more, um, you'll get that newsletter every Monday morning. If you want to do that every month, we would really, really appreciate it. It would go a long way to help. And I know some people say, well, I only have 5 or 10 bucks I could give. You know what? If you could, that would be fantastic. I mean, we're not a, a ministry. We're not a nonprofit organization. We're a business. And I am currently looking for projects to work on to supplement our income. My wife also works and uh, we're just trying to make sure that we cover all the costs of, of living here as a family. So if you could help us out by us encouraging you and then you encouraging us by praying for us and maybe sending in a few bucks every month, that would be very much appreciated. If you'd like to know more about that or you'd like to do that, you can go to our website at takehimwithyou.com, click on the Donate button, or you can uh, sign up for the newsletter and then just use PayPal. And we would really appreciate that if you could help us. Even, you know, some families are giving uh, quite a bit more than $20 a month. I mean, in the hundreds of dollars range. range. And then uh, other folks are just giving, you know, whatever they can at the time. So we're, we're not asking for, you know, huge amounts. I think that if everybody that listened to the program gave a little, we'd have more than enough to continue on doing what we're doing and even expand and encourage many, many more people. So thanks for considering that. www.takehimwithyou.com. Click on donate or subscribe to the newsletter. Thanks. Time once again for Food for Thought on Take Him With You. 
This week, I'm going to be playing part one of an interview with our friends Dave and Jen from Texas. I think you're going to uh, get quite a bit out of this. Uh, the, the goal of this program is to talk about what it's like to have good and bad experiences in the organization called The Church. Now, we'll be discussing lots of different things, and I think you'll find Dave and Jen's life very fascinating in the fact uh, that they've experienced, like many of us have, we've had good times in church and we've had bad times. Let's see what they have to say, and let's explore surviving churchianity on Take Him With You. Here's part one of the interview. Enjoy. Well, with me today is my wife. Hi, Amy. Hi, honey. And also with us are some friends from Texas, Jen and Dave. Welcome to the show, Jen and Dave. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us on, Rick. You are very, very welcome. Now, you guys have kind of been with us from the very beginning. You've listened to the show, and uh, uh, we have uh, been on the Treks and Sci-Fi forum together and had some great times uh, talking about our love for science fiction and kind of met that way. And uh, we also share faith in Christ together. So I thought I'd let you guys just kind of introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves, and then we'll jump right into the interview because I think it's going to be a, a great podcast today that a lot of people are going to get a lot of stuff out of. So Dave and Jen, tell us a little bit about yourselves. I'm Jen. I'm a graphic designer by day and a podcaster by night, and uh, I am an anomaly. Um, my husband is not so much, um, but we are um, together and we make it work and we share faith in God. Dave, I've just I've just recently um, kind of gotten to talk to you a little bit back and forth on email and stuff. And and uh, what do you think about having a geeky wife? I don't have a problem with it. Jen, you do a podcast with uh, a lady named Angela called the Anomaly Podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would imagine that um, that has been quite an experience for you. Oh yeah, we had a lot of we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, it's uh, about two years old now, a little over two years old, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And we talk about geeky things, but um, the reason we call it an anomaly uh, anomaly is because uh, we're both socially functional geek girls, um, like Amy. We have real <laughs> lives, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, contrary to popular belief, geeks um, are married and <laughs> can go to parties and have fun and go to, you know. And live normal lives. Live normal th- lives and still like Star Trek. So. It's true. It's very, very true. Well, now I know frequently you guys or your gals will talk about your husbands, and it sounds like you guys have a pretty normal life. I mean, geekdom doesn't take over your life or anything. So I would imagine, Dave, it's not too bad at home, is it? No, not too bad. You still, and then you get the benefit, I guess, of uh, you know gadgets and different things like that. Your wife can figure those out. See, at our house, it's opposite. Gadgets? gadgets? What are gadgets? I just want like a knife and a cutting board and no buttons. Well, before we started the interview, we found <laughs> out, Dave, that you actually can put computers together, and you find that more mechanical than geeky. So I thought that was interesting because. To me, I, I don't know if I could even put a computer together. You have. No. Yes, you have. I've had people help me put a computer together, but I've never actually done one myself. 
Nathan has. I think you can do just fine, Rick. You know, probably I would be the. I'm so not mechanical. I mean, yeah. put, put me under the car, the, the hood of a car, and uh, you might as well just shut the hood on me because it's it's not going to happen. Yeah. My son just changed these spark plugs in my truck and told me that they were completely carbon. I mean, they weren't even, there was no gap in the spark plug anymore. And that could have explained the reason that the entire truck just shook when it was not idling. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's how mechanical and the, I am. The air filter was black. Well, yeah, it was pretty bad. So, yeah, mechanical is not your thing. I'm, I'm actually a tiny bit more mechanical than you are. If, if um we get something that needs to be assembled like at Christmas. Yeah, don't ever don't ever believe things that say some assembly required. That means mostly you're going to have to put this entire thing together. That that means that Rick stays in the other room on the computer and I'm on the floor with the kid with the instructor instruction manual putting it together with them for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Instruction manual? Yeah, well, I What's do. What's a construction manual? I, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, well, I read the instruction manual just because I'm a woman. And I throw smart. it over my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <True>. anyway. <laughs> well, now, you guys have been married how long now? 13 years. 13 years. That's a long time. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Congratulations. Yeah. That's good. How did you guys, how did you guys come to your faith in God? I was born into a family who um, are faithful and believe in God, and so it was pretty much um, from the get-go, I guess. My my mother and my father um, took me to church when I was little. Um, we, um, we prayed together, and um, so it wasn't anything um, unusual for me, um, learning about God and praying and and talking about God openly and stuff. And and I guess when I was in kindergarten, my mother enrolled me in a Baptist school. And I, lear- I learned a lot more about, about that kind of stuff. And um, But I guess it wasn't probably until I was um, a senior or, no, I was probably in a freshman high school. And I started going to church with my aunt, who is basically my second mom. Her name is Bim, B-I-M. Um, that's her nickname, by the way. Oh, that's cool. She, I guess I started going to church with her because my mom and dad stopped going to church. Um, we had some things that happened in our church and it, um, kind of turned them off. And so because I still had that draw, you know, to, to learn about God and to share with other people, I started going with my aunt to, um, vacation Bible school. And, I I learned a lot of uh, with people who were on my own age, and um, I also started volunteering um, at, at Vacation Bible School and and talking to little kids, which was always fun. Um, I'm an artist, so I would help doing uh, help them with the craft projects. And- ah, yes, the craft mm, projects. I've done many Vacation Bible School crafts myself. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> but you know that that was that was good, and I always had kind of that need to to be close to God, and and church seemed to be the tether, you know, to Him. But it wasn't until I went to college and I moved away from my mom and dad and was alone that 
I made the choice to ask God into my heart, which I had not done yet. So you you believed in God and and even served him to a certain extent, but you hadn't really made a a big commitment. Yeah, and this may sound odd to people who, who don't believe in God or don't know God or are interested but maybe don't understand what's involved but um you can you can put on god like a suit but until you ask him into your heart you're not going to know what it feels like to be close to him and know him and when i was alone it was so uh, for the first time uh, it was awkward and felt odd and I come from a big family, and all of a sudden I was alone by myself. And I just remember saying, "God, please help me, help me get through this." And you know, I I don't remember everything that I I asked, but I, the sentence "Please come into my life" was a part of that. Right. And I'm not kidding. Something like a light switch was turned on. I don't know how to describe it. And if you aren't familiar with um, Christianity or maybe you've never done that for yourself, there's no way you could probably um, experience that without actually doing it yourself. You know, I, mm-hmm. It sounds odd, and I'm kind of fumbling over my words because it's kind of difficult to express verbally. It is It is hard to, to explain that moment in time when you just, it just, you're right, it just kind of clicks. Yeah, and just I woke up a different person, and that's the best way I could describe it, but... Um, Dave and I were um, mar- we weren't married yet at that time. He was up at the campus with me, and um, I think what happened was I uh, didn't have the money to stay in the dorm room, and my parents didn't have the money. I had gone up there on a scholarship, and um, it wasn't enough to cover it, and I had school loans, and. Mm-hmm. I think I was concerned about what was going to happen. Was I going to have to go back home and and live with my parents because I couldn't afford it? And, you know, I prayed that prayer. And then a couple of days later, David proposed to me. Wow. And um, we were married like a few months later and I lived with him. So it's just odd the way it kind of worked out. And I like like I said, it's it's going to sound strange to people who aren't familiar with what it's what it means to be a believer and and I don't want to sound like a wackadoo but <laughs> that's 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 basically it for me. That's that, that's a great story and it's it's um I think there's quite a few people that or at least for us, I know for Amy, she's been a, a believer for quite some time since you were what, three? Um around there. Yeah, you know, I was like Jen, I, I was raised in a home that prayed and believed and went to church and um i think the the time that i you know i grew up in a baptist church where they really wanted people to go forward and shake hands with the pastor and pray in front of people and and so i i think i did something like that around nine but i you know i just always grew up praying and talking and to the lord and, and me on the other hand i had i kind of had an aha moment around 19 years old so i didn't even i didn't grow up that way so yeah there's this this moment in time that i think everybody just you know almost everybody has to just kind of come to the terms of do i believe in god or do i not and am i going to dedicate my life or not so dave what's your story how did how did um uh 
were you were you a believer when you met Jen? Yes. <clears throat> uh, I basically grew up, you know, from from the day I was born uh, to now. Uh, you know, being being part of uh, an organization or a, a church or uh, something like that that uh, we always had like cell group meetings every Wednesday night. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we did, we had a, a private church. I don't want to call it a private church, but it was a, a church that had a school and church kind of integrated into one. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, had, had that going on. Uh, as I got older, we separated from that, that school church uh, organization and went to a, a place that was a little closer to home. It was a Baptist church, mm-hmm. and uh, went there for many years. When I went into to college, my parents suggested that I kind of branch out a little bit and possibly find a church of my own. So I went to a not a mega church, but it was a pretty big one. A lot bigger than you were used to. A lot, lot larger than I was used to, and. Uh, went there for a summer and then went to went to college after that and for that for that period of time I was in college or a good portion of it I took some time off from a church and and then we decided together that we should go find a church and we at that time we had Exciting stuff, huh? <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. Okay, so Dave, you grew up in a Christian home. Uh, you had parents that um, took you to church, and so you so you go to college, and you said you took a little break from going to church for a while. Is that what I understand? That's correct. What was uh, when? Okay, so you and Jan, you meet, you find out. What was the conversation that you figured out that you both uh, knew God? How did that happen? You remember? I think you invited me to church one day, right? Around Easter. I don't know. Yeah. I do know that it was important to his mom and dad that um, the girl that he dated had the same beliefs as he did. And it just so happened we were both Baptists. So. And that was very helpful. Yeah. We understand that, don't we? It's a lot easier because when you have mixed denominations in a home, uh, you can run into some problems with, well, mom believes this and dad believes this. Yes. Mm-hmm. So and, it it just makes things easier to find somebody with a similar belief system. Yeah. It's not impossible to get along, but mm-hmm. it makes things easier. Well, we had to, we had a lot of adjusting to do for for us because I can't, I was basically no God. And then I came to know him, K-N-O-W-U. And uh, and then I met my wife, and I was just a really a brand new believer when I fell in love with Amy. Yeah, yeah. we don't have to go in detail. We're we're interviewing Dave and, and Jen, but mm-hmm. but uh, that's kind of how it came down. <laughs> so it was a it was a whole new world for me, I'll tell you. So okay, so you guys um, you got married, and after you were married, did you go to church at all? Um, we visited some churches that. We wanted to go to a church, but we live in a small town, and um, there's just, you know, there's a lot of churches and different types of churches, but we were looking for either non-denominational, which 
for those of you who are not um, Christians, a, a denomination is just a a type of belief within the Christian faith. You know, like they, yeah, like a group all, of people that believe a certain way. Right. We don't all believe the same thing. So we're trying to find a church where um, we could fit in, and we went to one church where. And I, this is not meant as an insult to anybody, but um, we weren't used to it. But people were passing out in the aisles and um, uh, throwing coats over each other and stepping over one another to go to the front of the church. And this went on for almost two hours. Closer to three. And <laughs> started yet. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, they hadn't even, the speaker hadn't even spoken yet. Had yeah. After after three hours, you know, it started at nine and at twelve. <laughs> okay, this is not for us, so we quietly right. went out the we back door. We slipped out the back and they scared me down. But we almost were afraid they were going to bring out the snakes. <laughs> that, wow, it was pretty intense then. Yeah, you you get a little nervous when you're at meetings. I was at a meeting one time when they locked the doors. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were taking the offering though, so that was <laughs> no kidding. That's I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah, we've been there. Okay, so you you tried that kind of church out. Then what else did you try out? Um, did we try any bigger church? Uh, we've tried churches. There were other churches where, I mean, I guess growing up, I was used to a certain uh, type of family connection with the church, where right. the pastor comes out like on Little House on the Prairie, and you know he handshakes yeah. everybody as they come out and they talk to him and they know him, and he's like kind of like the dad figure. Right. It's really the what. To me, a church is like an extended family. Well, yeah, it's a big family, yeah. It is. It feels like that. But there were other churches that we went to where it was like a business, and nobody knew each other, and they didn't bother to say hello to you or make eye contact with you. And there were a few others where they kind of just attacked you, which was uncomfortable, you know, like (laughs) eat or something, you know? Right. We shopped around quite a bit until we found um, the church we ended up going to for about, what, Eight years. Okay, it was quite eight years, yeah. but for a while. Was, yeah. So, so, so you, okay, so you guys finally found a church, and you started to get kind of hooked into it and everything. Um, tell us, you know, without, I mean, obviously, people, you know, nobody knows the, the name of the church, and I don't think anybody's going to be freaked out by sharing this experience. But what, what were some of the contributing factors of you? Because you don't go there anymore, right? Right. What were some of the reasons, Dave, for you that you decided, look, at this isn't for me anymore? Uh, I, I kind of just felt the disconnect. Uh, well, for one thing, I was asked to be on the stewardship committee. And, and, that, and now explain what stewardship committee is because I, most people listening probably don't know what that means. A stewardship committee is a group of people who get together and uh, develop the budget or at least assist in developing the budget. Right. They uh, determine where funds are allocated. They kind of look at what the costs and the expenses of uh, operating a church. Right. As well as they look at the uh, funds that are taken in on a a weekly or a monthly basis. Okay. Kind of what I'm going to call the business side of church. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that, you know, that was a, believe it or not, that was kind of a contributing factor uh, as well as uh, just not feeling like anybody really cared. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true because, you know, for many, many months after we left, we had some people calling us sure. when we were coming back. But the ones that we were expecting 
to call us never did. Isn't that a unique thing? Because that's very – I know this sounds – this is this is a weird subject to talk about, but it's very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds really weird, but uh, even in our experience in church, we've had the same type of thing happen where the ones you would have expected to be like driving to your house and sitting down and saying, are you all right? And you know, right there with you that you'd been close to or friends with are not the ones that care. It's really straight. And I'm not sure why. I don't know if they're uncomfortable or I couldn't, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any theories on why that happens, but uh, it's pretty normal, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. I, I believe what a large portion of it is, uh, is that people have so much busy stuff in their lives that the time that they spend with the people at church is you know they have a very very finite group. Yes. If they run with with a a, a group, uh, there's only two or three, even out of a group of ten or so, mm-hmm. that really hang with. Yes. Uh, it, it's that way in life mm-hmm. as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. When, when you're in high school, you've got friends galore, and everybody's gonna you know stay in touch. Right. To college and your group gets cut down to a minuscule amount, but you you get a few more when you're in college, and then you get out of college, and then you find out who your real friends are. Yeah, and it tends to be your spouse. Yeah, maybe That's- one or two others, but really, it's you find out that your spouse is your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, I think you hit it right on the head. I think the time that if, if we decide as a couple or as an individual even to go to a church for a two hour period every Sunday, that time is already allocated by the rest of that group and therefore you have a relationship. But when you don't, when you don't go to that particular thing for the two hours, then all of a sudden those relationships aren't, they're not the same as they were because you're not there. And if you don't have that personal relationship with somebody that, I mean, more than just going to church together, then those tend to just kind of go, they fade off because they're really not close. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so you got, you were on the stewardship committee. You kind of looked at, did you disagree with how the money was being spent or did you just not realize the business side of things? Was it? I never really understood the business side of things. And, I found it disheartening um, because money that was some of the money that was allocated was for specific purposes only. Right. But designated funds is what we called them. There you go. Yeah. And to me, it wasn't money that was ever going to be. Sometimes it was money that was never going to be used. Wow. And it's because the program or whatever it was 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 uh stopped or was stagnant and so it just you know it, it caused it caused me to just not like the fact that that a church has to run on money. Yeah. And I understand there are costs, you know, you have building costs, you've got uh utility costs, you have maintenance costs, yeah. you have staff to pay. Sure. All that kind of stuff. Sure. But it would. Jesus didn't have a building. Yeah. He he was on the streets. He was he yeah. was where it was really at. He's living in people's houses. Yeah. 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 
And so I don't know. I, I know, like I said, I understand that there is a need for it and for the funds and everything, but it just seems like they could be used. And, and this isn't a blanket statement, but no, no. In, in many cases, it seems like the funds can be used for better things to truly help those that cannot help themselves. Yeah. People that are in need, the, the people that Jesus talked about. Right. Yeah. And I think what happened really, I don't know about you, Dave, but we went to a lot of business meetings for the church because we were active members and we felt like we had that responsibility to go to, you know, the monthly meetings. Sure. We've been to we've been to many of them. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the things that turned us off was just seeing the other side of these people who go to church on Sundays with us with this light on their face and the smile on their face turn on into these angry, bitter people. Yeah arguing with each other in this meeting and it's like wait a minute aren't we supposed to always be christians and Mm -hmm. so petty of you to you know turn against each other like that i know amy has i remember she telling me a story about your dad what did did they get in a like a fight or something in the boardroom what what happened i mean be brief about it there's, (laughs) there's lots of things i i remember one time my dad um thought that we should have some kind of in- certain insurance for the church and they said it wasn't in the budget or something so he got out his checkbook and just wrote a check for the insurance for the church and, and just said here it's taken care of let's be done with this and another time there was a, a board meeting and they were deciding on the carpet for the church because it <laughs> needed new new carpet and um and they said, well, it was, I think, like the 70s, so they chose, like, orange, which was, you know. Hey, that's the, hip for the that 70s. That was the color, you know, kind of Bright this rust, orange. Well, I think it was a rusty orange. Oh, sorry, orange. rusty orange. But a family left the church because their daughter was getting married and she was having pink. <laughs> And so they yeah. were so upset that they didn't choose the color they wanted to go with the daughter's wedding colors that they yeah. actually left the church. And I'm I re- going, well, oh, my. And I remember some of these business meetings because I was so new to the church scene. I didn't had never been around that. We went to some meetings and for a couple of years, they were fine. They were really actually pretty ex- inspiring, actually. But then just like what you guys said. Um, all of a sudden, I mean, I remember this one meeting and we, we just couldn't believe, we couldn't believe our eyes. These people that we had worked with and, you know, are supposed to be loving, caring, compassionate people. They're basically just murdering each other in front of us. And we were like, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I was just shocked. I, it was, it's, yeah. I guess the, the, the word is disappointing. Yeah. Mm hmm. And I know everybody's not perfect. There's nobody that's perfect. You're never going to find a perfect church or a perfect board or a perfect business meeting. But there's just some things that goes too far. Yeah. Well, I was just going to follow that up with, um, I think, you know, this is what people see outside the church. You know, the yes. the, the side of people who, who um, act like this. And it's the nature of people in general. And just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that goes away automatically. Right. You have to fight against it, and you have to remember that, um, you know, what it what it means to be Christian and, and to believe in God and do things for because you want to please God and you want people to see the Holy Spirit in you. And and when I say Holy Spirit, that that's a fancy Christian term for the joy that God gave you. Mm-hmm. You know, when they see you acting like that. It's a turn off. 
And yeah. and I think that was what was disappointing to me is knowing that these people that I looked up to and I loved and I adored because of the service that they they did for the church and and the way they talked about God and taught us about God would forget that stuff, you know, because yes. money and act like that. Yeah. So there there obviously is some some turnoffs at times being involved in an organized type of church. Now, I don't know if you guys have listened to the podcast that I did about spiritual gifts, but we talked about the definition of what church really means. And church in the Bible really wasn't a a place as much as it was a group of people that were believers. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the body of Christ or the church and stuff like that, in the Bible it was really talking about all the different believers no matter, you know, if they, you know, didn't agree on everything or whatever, they they did agree on the fact that Jesus, you know, died on the cross for them and rose again and because of that, that was what bonded them together and made them the church. Mm-hmm. And so that's a little bit different than what maybe the mainstream people in America think, you know, because we think of church, we think, well, it's the the place down the road with the steeple. But really, honestly, the church is is a bunch of people wherever they get together at. That's, you know, they're believers that get together. So um, in that aspect, um, there's something about getting together with other people that believe the same way we do that is good for us as, I mean, it can be disappointing at times, but there's there's benefits to it as well. Exactly. And um, we were talking, I think, the other day, um, back and forth a little bit about some of the things that we miss um, that we got a lot out of at church. So when we talk about like going to an to a, an actual you know building with four walls and and going to a worship service and stuff like that, what are some of the things that you guys really enjoyed about that? What 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 things did you get out of that? Believe it or not, I got as much enjoyment out of. The, the men's work programs that did anything else. Mm-hmm. I absolutely understand what you're saying. I, I know a lot of people. That Start way. early. Um, they'd, they'd make breakfast and we'd clean up and then we would head out to a job site or just to the church, you know, to the grounds and, you know, all work in unison to, to tidy up or to clean up or to remove trash or, or whatever the case may be. But I guess because I have the work ethic that I do, mm-hmm. if I, you know, I have to constantly be moving and working on something. Right. So I found that to be, you know, just as enjoyable as anything else. So not only was it, was it fun for you, but it was therapeutic and you probably made a lot of cool friends out of the deal. I mean, working alongside some other guys that had that same type of drive as you did. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. How about you, Jen? What what did you enjoy a lot about about I church? I enjoyed a lot of things about church. I enjoyed um, coming into church and and feeling just rejuvenated, you know, by the the feeling of all these people who are there to worship God and there for the same reason. And um, I sang in the choir, so in the alto section, and I. Can it describe how good it feels to sing with a bunch of people um, that are singing not just regular songs but hymns, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, what else? There's just so many things. I, that's probably one of the biggest things I miss is singing hymns um, with a group of people who are there to help other people worship. And 
also the sermons that we would we are missing now, except for listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. um, that just left you know got us thinking about things and wondering you know things that we need to change about ourselves or work on or mm-hmm. um, reminding us um, what our I guess our what it means to be Christian and how to help other people and things like that. And in a lot of those things we put into practice and we learned a lot of good things that way. And I also had a lot of friends um, in church that were older. Um, I had several women who, who wanted me to call them their other grandma. Right. We went on um, women's retreats together. Uh, We had uh, Wednesday nights every once a month, um, actually. We would have a uh, women's night, and we'd have a little uh, kind of a Bible study, and then we would just hang out as women, and I learned a lot from them. And sure, sure. I really miss them, and that's, I guess, one of the things that I enjoyed about church and what I miss about it. Do you I have an interesting question? This isn't on the questions I sent you or anything, but do you think that maybe because the way our society has changed and the uh, the the technology that exists now and the different things that are going on in our in our society do you think maybe because the church is kind of behind in time i mean like like because it's kind of backwards a little bit do you think that that the church is missing out i mean cuz honestly you got you you're an incredible couple and the 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 organized church in your area is missing out because you guys would have a lot to contribute to it but do you think that maybe there's a there's a something going on and and people are being kind of challenged to get outside that box yeah definitely we had a, a good friend of ours was the youth minister at um the church we went to and i would sometimes sing in on on specific nights because they set it aside he was not you know they had the traditional baptist church service right and they had a contemporary one for younger people and college students right and they wouldn't have those at the same time because the older people and the people who were set in their ways did not want those two mingled. Right. So they were separated. And I would go to that, too, and sing in the worship band and as a backup singer, which I really like because you don't have to be in the front. In front of <laughs> but um, I, uh, they ran him off. They um, just yeah. told the pastor, told them that your ideas aren't clicking with ours. So right. And so, yeah, they're missing out because – there, there will always be a place for for the traditional Christian hymns and sure. music and service, but you need to branch out. You know, do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm, this is the question to the people who are believers out there. Do you think that the church has always been the way it is now? I mean, it evolves every century, every you know yeah. decade, whatever, and mm-hmm. and it should continue to grow and change for those people mm-hmm. who are not Christians, because that's the, the the job, I guess, is not the job, but the task we have is to reach out to other people. And how can you reach out to them if they don't understand you, if they yeah. don't connect with you, if they don't understand, you know, they can't get into what you're doing. I mean, so, yeah, they definitely need to, to evolve. And I, that's the one thing that we really like about your podcast is that you're, you're doing that. You're branching out in a different direction and reaching people who, would never maybe even think twice about going to church, but they're mm-hmm. they're experiencing a piece of that by listening to you in a way that's not, you know, in your face or thumping the Bible, you know. Right. It's, it's um. 
We've had a lot of emails from people that that say it's very similar to what you just said. They say, you know, I, I've never gone to church before, never really cared to, or I did go to church and it was really lame, <laughs> you know. And and we started listening to to your podcast and we really we're getting a lot. It's helping us to understand. And I have a lot of people that will listen and they really don't know anything about the Bible at all. And so they'll hear you know a scripture read or I'll just comment on this or that. Like like today, Dave, when when uh, we talked about. Um, you know what a uh, stewardship committee is. They've never heard that term before, and so they'll hear that. And it, they, I've had several people thank me and say, you know, I'm learning so much about God, the Bible, you know, stuff like that. Be- and I don't feel threatened by what you're saying. So, I mean, that was kind of the the whole idea behind it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I, I think I think sometimes the church is missing it. The organized church is missing it because we're not as current with the times as we should be. go that's part one of surviving churchianity now i i hope that people as you're listening at you know it's not my intention to um i don't know put down people that go to church i mean i go to church every sunday i it's just something my family does we don't go to the church that we did to for a, quite a long time for some of these very reasons that we're talking about on the podcast today but i i you know i think the most important thing for us as believers is to worship God and that that may include church but I think sometimes we need to rethink what church is all about to us sometimes I think as Christians or believers we make church something that we worship instead of Jesus so please understand I'm not trying to say it's bad to go to church um, but I, I but I do think it's very important that we come to God first and then that church is just something that enhances or going to a, a a place where there's a bunch of people in a, in a you know a four walled church is something that enhances our relationship with God. It shouldn't be the other way around where we go to church um, to worship it. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I hope you understand my heart here. I'm not trying to say church is bad, but it is sad. Really, across the board, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of organizations that call themselves churches that don't act like Christ. There's a lot of people in them that don't act. And, act like Jesus. And not that we're not all guilty of that at times, you know, I mean, sometimes we don't live for God too. So, you know, it's just a, it's a toss up. But I think sometimes in, at least in America, at least in the United States of America, we tend to make church this elevated thing when really it should be Jesus that is number one in our life. And everything after that should enhance our relationship with Christ, not the other way around. So uh, I think you'll find next week's program fascinating when we start talking about um, with Jen and Dave, we talk about a little bit about how they're not attending church, um, the traditional church right now, but they are uh, connected with other believers. And we're going to talk about that and how important that is and how, um, you know, we sometimes we need to rethink our relationship with God and make sure that church isn't what we're worshiping, but Jesus is. I think you'll find it fascinating. Surviving churchianity. Because you know what? Sometimes churchianity can become an idol, and our relationship with God gets lost in it. So important that we have a close personal walk with Jesus, not a close personal walk with church. Hmm. Controversial? 
I don't know. Give me some feedback. Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. Because I think there's a balance, too. I mean, it, it's not that, I mean, there's probably a lot of you that are listening, just like me, that you've been hurt in a church by a board of directors or by a group of people or people that have backbitten or gossiped or been very unchristian, quote unquote, in the way that they've treated us or you. Um, I think as a balance, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater either. So it's really important that we take a look at our motives and our reasons for going to church and really looking, maybe we can talk a little bit about looking for a church that really fits our personality or fits where we can serve God the best and be used by him. Again, I think it's really important that we open up our hearts and our minds a little bigger than just the, the little local place that we go to to church. I think we really need to uh, be open to be being used by God to reach people all around us, not necessarily in the four walls. Because sometimes churches or organizations like that turn into these bless me clubs where they really don't do any good. I mean, they might they might bless each other, but they're really not reaching out and, and sharing their faith with anybody else or even helping. So it's really important that we reevaluate what church means to us. Now, right now, Amy and I are attending a church, and we're just really going for fellowship just to be plugged in and have people around us that are fellow believers. Um, we're not on a leadership team or anything or, or doing anything like that right now. We're just doing the podcast and, and trying to reach out to many, many people um, worldwide. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people go to church, and uh, we'll discuss those a little bit next week on the program. So stay tuned for that. It should be very fun. Um, no song this week. I, I do have a funny parody song that I'll share probably next week or the week after um, that you'll get a huge kick out of. I'm working on a music video for it, too, so it should be kind of fun. Uh, don't forget to visit the YouTube channel and see that uh, cool little uh, um, uh, preview and uh, evaluation of the new Acer netbook. Kind of cool. I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, that's youtube.com slash uh, Rick Moyer 777. Can I pray for you before we go? Father, I lift up every single person that's listening. Lord, you get, there's some people that are listening that go to church every Sunday and might be offended by this program today. There might be some people that are listening that have never gone to church and are fascinated. And one of the reasons they don't go is because of what we talked about on the program today. Whatever the case is, Lord, I pray that we would change our mind on what church really is. Because church is just simply um, all of us together who believe um, being together on that. That's what church, church is us, Lord, and, and that you live on the inside of us if we believe in you. So I just, I pray God that you would, you would bless people, that you'd help people to hook in and connect with the right other believers so that we can accomplish all that you've called us to do on this earth. Um, God, I pray for those that are hurting, maybe not hurt in church, Lord, that you would help us to forgive and to go on, um, and, and be happy and, and to, um, be able to forgive people for hurting us and, and just continue on with life and, and do all that you've called us to do. Thank you for everything, and thank you, Lord, for loving us and caring for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's it for this week's Take Him With You. Next week is part two of Surviving Churchianity. I'll see you then. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved.